My title today is Four Chairs, Four Chairs. You know, one of the things that my wife and I like to do from time to time is go out to eat. We, we like to go to a, a good restaurant and, and eat. And, I, and I'd imagine some of you, you, you enjoy that from time to time as well, to go eat some good food at, at a good restaurant. And, and I, I have a definition of what a good restaurant looks like. Now, now, a good restaurant means when I, when I pull up and get inside the restaurant, it's a nice environment. Environment matters to me. And then what, what I like about a, a good restaurant is that, is that there's good service. The, the waiter, the waitress, they, they provide good service, and that, that's a good restaurant uh, for, for me. I, another thing for me that, that matters is, is there's good food. And there's good food there. That, that's a good restaurant. And, and to top it all off, I like to have a good price. I, I, like, I like a good price. You give me four, those four things, and if they're all four good, that's a great restaurant. Man, when I go to a great restaurant, great environment, great service, great food, great price, man, I, I, I leave a, a, a big tip. I'll leave 20, 25, 30% tip just to be a, a blessing. If it's an average restaurant, you know, I'll leave 15% tip. If it's a, if it's a horrible restaurant, now I'm not going to stiff them. I'll still leave 10%, even if it's a horrible experience that I had. Now, now I know some of you got a different philosophy. I don't even want to ask you how many of you tip. Huh? Because some of you, you get bad service. You throw 50 cents down, and then you have the audacity to put a People's Church invite card on the table. Oh, God, help us. Jesus, help us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Don't do that, okay? Food. Food. I, I enjoy it. And, and can I tell you something about People's Church? This church is a restaurant. We serve food every single week. Some of you didn't know that this place is a restaurant where we serve food every week. Every single week we are serving the bread of life. Jesus said this about himself in John 6 and verse 35. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus said, listen, I'm the bread of life. I satisfy the soul. There's a spot inside of every human being that only Jesus can satisfy. And he says, listen, I want you to know, feed on me. You'll be satisfied. I'm the bread of life. And every week, we're serving up the bread of life as a church. Matter of fact, Jesus said this to Peter in John chapter 21, <clears throat> excuse me, in verse 17. It says, the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, notice this, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Peter, what I want you to do is feed my sheep. And friends, as a church, we have that same responsibility to feed the sheep. We are providing food every single week. And let, let me tell you, we take this incredible responsibility of serving the bread of life every single week very serious here at People's Church. It's a serious thing that we take, the, the, the responsibility of the bread of life being served on a weekly basis. We, we want the food to be good. We want the service that people experience here to be good. And so we work really hard. We take it really serious. Every single week, man, we're, we're preparing the bread of life of this church. And, and I think you recognize that this doesn't all come together on, on Sunday morning at, at 8, 8.30. It, it takes some preparation. 
we, I thank God for those of you that help us serve the bread of life every week, that have a great service and experience and, and serve great food. Thank you for the parking lot folks that serve out there and the ushers and, and the greeters that we can have good service here. And, and I thank God for those who invest in our kids. Hats off to you for investing and loving our kids and giving them Jesus, preparing the bread of life every week, running the curriculum. I thank God for those of you that clean our building, volunteers clean the building, mow the lawn, that people can have a great experience and we create a great environment to serve up the bread of life. Thank you for those that invest in our, in our teenagers. Thank you for, for helping prepare the bread of life for our students. Thank you for those of you on our media team. I mean, this didn't come together in 10 minutes, to, but we want to do it with excellence to serve up the bread of life. The, those of you in the back room back there that you're running these screens and monitors and all, thank you for serving up the bread of life. Those of you running those cameras right now, the sound, thank you for serving the bread of the worship team who practices every single week they get here early on, even on Sundays. They practice on Tuesdays that we could serve up the bread of life. I spend 10, 20 hours a week. Some of you couldn't tell that, can you, by the way I preach. But I spend 10, 20 hours a week praying and, and studying for the message that I don't know what I need to say. And I don't just preach and say, glory to God, glory to God, 100 times, glory to God. No, I, I, mean, I want to have something to say when I get up. And I want to know God is leading me and speaking through me. So I, I prepare that we can serve the bread of life. We take this thing seriously because we know that the bread that we're serving is not just to sustain you until your next meal at noon. This bread provides you eternal life. We're talking heaven and hell. We're talking about your eternal destination. We don't take this thing called church lightly because we're a restaurant serving up the bread of life. And today I, I want to look at these, at these four chairs, these, these four chairs. And, and, and you have to understand something about people's church. <clears throat> Every week when we prepare the food, to serve up every week, we're preparing it for, for three chairs. There are three types of people that come to our church, and I'm so grateful for this. I love this about our church. You see, there, there are a lot of churches where there's just one type of person that comes to the church, but I'm grateful that we've got three types of people that sit in the chairs every week. I love it. I love it. I love it. At People's Church every week when we prepare the meal, we prepare it with this first chair. Number one, point one is the mature chair, the mature chair. There are mature Christians that come to this church. Some have been serving Jesus for years and years. They, 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 and they're mature. You can tell the Bible says people by their fruit. And you can tell that they're mature because they love Jesus. They, they exude Jesus. They, 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 they really love the Lord. And, and you can tell that, they, that, that they're mature Christians because they strive to live their life for Jesus. That they want to live out the scripture and live the Bible. And, and they're mature, that, that, that they're serving other people. They realize church is not just for them, that, that they're blessed to be a blessing. And so they're serving and, and they're, they're being a blessing to other people. They're engaged in, in ministry. They're, they're, they're the backbone of this church. They, they make it happen week in and week out in serving. And, and the, 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 the mature chair, that, that's those who are tithing in this place. There, there are many of you that are, are returning the tithe and giving above your tithe offerings. You're resourcing this place so that we can continue to bring provide the bread of life to a community that needs Jesus Christ. The, 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 the mature person, they're the ones that they're a self-feeder. They read their Bibles. 
that they pray on a consistent basis. They realize that their spiritual growth is not my responsibility, but it's their responsibility. So they're a self-feeder and they're in the scripture and they're praying for themselves. It's, it's the mature believer. They realize that I'm, I'm called to be a discipler. I don't know all the Bible and, and have all this stuff inside of me just for me, but I'm discipling others. And so they're in a small group, a community group. They're, they're at Wednesday night connections. They're leading a community group and they're investing their life and, and the word of God into other people. The mature chair. And every week we prepare the meal with the mature chair in mind. But at People's Church, we don't just have the mature chair. <clears throat> we have the new believer chair. The new believer chair. Every week we have to prepare the food with the new believer in mind. And I'm grateful. I know many of you are grateful as well that every single week, every week, somebody gives their life to Jesus Christ at this church. What a blessing. The hand of God, the favor of God to see people come to Christ. And, and that's me. some of you out, to, out here today, you gave your heart to Christ a year ago or two years ago or six months ago, a month ago, a week ago. You, you crossed the, 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 the line and gave your life to Christ and you're a new believer. Uh, oftentimes, you, you can tell a new believer because there are still some major issues in their life. They're still, they're still trying to surrender to God. There's some sin issues that there, some huge issues that they're still trying to work through. And man, we're glad that you're here and, and the Holy Spirit changes lives and continue to stay under the word of God and the teaching of scriptures and read the Bible for yourself because Jesus will rip those habits from your life. But, 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 but you're a new believer and you're just trying to figure this thing out. Some of you, 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 you grew up in church, but, but you, you, you drifted away from the things of God. And, and now here you are in your adult years and you have recommitted your life back to Jesus. And, and yet you, you're here and you don't know a lot about the Bible. Matter of fact, every week you come, you go, wow, I didn't know the Bible said that. <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know the Bible was relevant to that area of my life. You're, you're, you're a new believer. You, maybe you're just starting to read the Bible, start, starting to pray a little bit. Maybe you're just starting maybe to serve, just getting involved, just starting to, 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 to tithe or just starting to get in a small group. I mean, this is all brand. You're that new believer. Every week we, we prepare the food with, with you in mind. And then we have this, this, this third chair. We have the mature believer that we prepare food for every week. The, the, we have the new believer we have to prepare food every week. And then there's this, this, this third chair, and it's the seeker chair. It's the seeker chair. One of the things that I love about this church is that every week people come to this place who don't know Jesus. Some come for weeks and, and months. And, and I'm talking to some of you right now. You haven't given your heart to Christ. You're not living for Jesus. You're not even sure that you believe what I'm saying. But something's attracted you to this place. The friendliness, the environment, the atmosphere, the, the skits, the dramas, the music, the teaching. And you're here and you're, you're kicking the tires and you're checking this thing out. And you know what? I'm so glad you're here. And I want you to know as a seeker, just somebody checking out the claims of Christ, we create, we prepare this service. We prepare the experience. We prepare the teaching with you in mind. We have you in our mind because we want to serve up the bread of life that you could receive what Jesus said, that you'll never thirst again, that you'll never hunger again. And so you're in our mind as we prepare the bread of life every single week. What a huge responsibility we have as a church, the mature believer the new believer, and the seeker to prepare the bread of life so that lives can be changed. And friends, there's a fourth chair, and you're maybe looking for the fourth chair right here, and you, you don't see it, and it, it's here. J just watch this. Hocus pocus, damn. You see it? Some of you are really looking hard. Really? Is it really up there? Huh? <laughs> nah, no magic tricks today. <laughs> No, 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 the fourth chair is, is what I call the high chair. The high chair. 
and, and, and every church has some high chair Christians. The high chair, yeah. And they, they, they come to church every week. Matter of fact, high chair Christians, it's really unfortunate. Some churches are full of high chair Christians. Just high chair Christians. Matter of fact, there are some churches that are led, the elders and the deacons and the leaders in the church are high chair Christians. Let me help unpack this whole high chair Christian thing with you today. Let me give you two characteristics of a high chair Christian. Number one is this they are whiners. They are whiners. Paul addresses this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 1 through 3 about the high chair Christian. He says, brothers, and now you have to understand the context. This is very important. This was written to a church, the church at Corinth. This was not written to unbelievers. It was written to a, a local body of believers, Christians. He says, brothers, I could not address you as spiritual but as worldly. In other words, you think you're spiritual. You think you're spiritually mature. You think, you, you, you think you're, you, you're this giant in the faith. But he says, listen, I can't address you as spiritual. I can't address you as mature, but, but, but as worldly, as immature, as he goes on to say, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. You are still Immature, even though you think you're spiritually mature, you're really immature. And Paul says, listen, here's how you know that you're immature, that, 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 that you're not this mature believer. He says, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? Are you not an immature high chair Christian? You see, here's the interesting thing. is high chair Christians, they really think that they're, they're mature. And do you know why? Because high church Christians, they eat all the time, man. They come to church every week and they eat, 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 eat. And high church Christians, they know a lot about food. Oh, they can tell you all about food. Well, yes, you have to have these kind of spices in it. And they know all about the Bible. Yes, the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis. Yes. And then there's the Torah, the first five books the Bible and they can talk about the, the scriptures and they can tell you about the New Testament and they, they talk about the New, they, they know all about the Bible. They eat, 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 talk about the Bible. But, but Paul says, listen, listen, Church of Corinth, the sign of maturity is not how much you eat and how much you know. He says the sign of maturity is living out what you know. He says, listen, hey, church, you're going to church. You're hearing the preacher. Amen. Good sermon. Rah, rah, rah. What a great message. But the issue is your lifestyle. He says, in your life, you're jealous and you're quarreling and you're arguing with one another. Yes, you're hearing the Bible. Yes, you know what the scriptures say. But, but the content and the fruit of your life is whining and complaining. He says, you're, you're not mature. You're mere infants. And you know what happens oftentimes is... These high chair Christians, that they eat, 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 but nothing ever comes out. And they eat, 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 but nothing ever comes out. Now, how many of you know in the natural, when you and I eat, eat, eat food and nothing ever comes out, how many know that's not good? Huh? That's called being constipated. And how many know when you get constipated, you get irritable, huh? When you get constipated, you start whining and complaining, huh? You know what I'm saying? You get, 
All of a sudden, you're, you're irritable and you start saying stuff to your wife you wouldn't normally say, leave me alone, baby. Kids, hush up. Leave me, leave me alone. What, what's wrong, daddy? Constipated. <laughs> Lord Jesus, I'm irritable. My stomach's all in knots. That's a lot of Christians. Constipated. Eat, 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 eat. Eat, 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 eat. But nothing coming out. And to me, hateful. And I, I mean, come on. You know what I'm talking about. Anybody ever met a mean Christian? Jesus loves you. I'm like, really? I mean, <laughs> my Lord, you are mean. You are hateful. Constipated, constipated, constipated Christians. Here's another characteristic of, 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 of high chair Christians. They're, 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 they're these whiners. You see, high chair Christians, they, 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 they're real messy. They're, they're, they're messy. And, you know, I, I have four kids. And, and here's what I know about kids. When they're little kids, they are messy. Every time they eat, it's a mess. Matter of fact, my two-year-old, when he eats, I don't, I don't get it. But when he eats, when he's done a lot of times, food is in his hair. It's not just on his shirt. Forget the bib, man. The bib don't do any good. It's on his back. But literally, 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 there have been times, it's all over his face. There have been times when he has got done eating and you look and the food is on the wall. I'm thinking, boy, what are you doing? I mean, you can, I mean, he just, he, he eats and he just messy and <laughs> I just cause a mess everywhere. And that's what high church Christians do. They eat and they just cause all kind of messes. They eat in churches and cause all kind of dissension, cause all kind of problems. Eat, 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 and you know what they love to do is go get three or four other people and put the mess on them. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> they don't do what I want. <laughs> and mess is just everywhere. Hide your Christians. Hide your Christians. They're, they're, they're messy. You know what else about hide your Christians is they're loud. You ever notice about babies, infants, they are loud. And here's the deal. Infants, babies, they make a lot of noise about nothing. Ah, feed me. I just fed you 20 minutes ago. Ah, change that diaper, change that diaper. I changed it. Listen, a little poopy won't hurt. Stay in that thing another hour. You are costing us money. Uh, and then when they can start talking, that's, that's when it gets real good. Uh, they got a toy, and it's, you bought it for them, and they take it from their brother or sister. Mine. Mine, mine, mine. They, they didn't want to play with it. They weren't even thinking about it. But they saw their brother with it. Mine, mine. And I come and say, no, mine. I bought the toy, boy. That is not your toy. You better quit tripping in here. But they scream and holler over nothing. That's what high church Christians do. I don't like the killing on the carpet, so. I mean, oh, they don't sing my song. I didn't like that song. I just don't know why they don't do this. And they're loud. They make a lot of noise. Hide your Christians, hide your Christians. Just look at your neighbor and say, you know what? I didn't really need to come today, but I'm glad you're here. I mean, you needed to hear, you needed, you needed this word. I'm mature. I'm strong in my faith, but you needed this word today. 
High chair Christians, high chair Christians, high chair. Here's a second characteristic of high chair Christians. They are selfish. They are selfish. And James talks about this in chapter 3 and verse number 14. He says, but if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition, notice that, <clears throat> selfish ambition in your heart. Do not cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. That's not wisdom from God. That's not mature, being a mature believer. He says such things are earthly, unspiritual. In other words, it's immaturity. Here you are thinking that you're spiritual, but it's about you and your selfish and everything. It has to filter through what you want. He says that's immaturity. It's, it's of this earth. It's unspiritual. He goes on to say, and demonic. Wow. He said it's of the devil. It's from your spiritual enemy. He says in verse 16, for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder in every, of, uh, and, and evil of every kind. And you know the thing that really burns my heart for, for the church of Jesus Christ at large? It's just so unfortunate that so many churches are full of disorder. They're full of chaos because of selfish high chair Christians. It, it, it's a tragedy. You see, when a church is full of selfish, high-chair Christians, that's a church that won't live the dream. That's a group of people that won't live out the dream that God has for them. Selfishness. It's all about me. You know, I don't call it the, the high-chair. It's called the I-chair. It's all about me. It's about what, what I want. It's, it's, it's a tragedy that today in, in America that, for the most part, the church world is about consumerism. It's about, it's about church shopping. It's about, it's, about, it's about what I want. It's about this is what I like. I like this kind of music. I like this kind of paint. I like this kind of carpet. Do it my way. If it's not my way, it's the highway. One of my favorites is I want to go deep. I want to go deep. Bless me. Feed me. It's all about me. Me, me, me. Take care of me. What you doing for me? What have you done for me lately? And the thing, interesting thing about a high chair Christian is is when they don't get their way, and you've seen this before, they don't get their way, they just pout. They, they want their way, and they make a lot of noise, and they start causing disorder and chaos. And here's what a lot of pastors do. And I just got through talking to several pastors at this conference. A lot of pastors turn their back on the three other chairs, and they give all their attention to the high chair. And they start turning their back and they start preaching to the high chair. You, you, ever, you ever heard a pastor preach a message and he sounds mad? You people need to do right. He's preaching to three people. That's it. But those three people got his attention. And he's turning his back on, on the mature believer and the new believer and the seeker. And giving all of his or her attention to, to the high chair. And here's the thing about it. When you turn your back on the other chairs... And you give all your attention to the high chair Christian, that's a church that, that won't reach the community. That's a church that won't live the dream. That's a church that won't reach its full potential. And I'll be honest with you, at People's Church, at People's Church, we don't pay much attention to the high chair Christians. I just, I, I, and hear my heart, hear my heart. I don't mean that to be mean. That's not, that's not a mean statement. My heart, my heart is pure when I say that. It's, it, it's, it's not. 
It's just simply we know what God's called us to do. And we're going to minister to the mature, the new believer, the seeker. We're going to reach this community. And, and there have been times we just haven't had a lot because high church Christians, for whatever reason, they don't stick around this place very long. When it's all about me, 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 and what I want, I want, I want. They, they just don't hang here very long. And I think the reason they don't hang here is because I go. Because when did church become all about you, I just don't think you'll find that in the scriptures. There's a greater cross. Why are we arguing over the carpet when we've got the bread of life? We have the hope for the world. We have answers for addictions. We carry life and death in our hands. Good news of Jesus Christ can save you, regenerate you, change your heart, change your life. Why would we get caught up in things that don't even matter? You say, well, Pastor, I, I'm struggling with this. And let me be honest with you. Uh, we all struggle with this. And I struggle with being selfish. I, I struggle with, with this thing called the flesh. But, man, we got to surrender this to the Holy Spirit so that we can live the dream. And what I want to do is give you three steps to freedom from the high chair. Three steps to freedom from the high chair so that you can live God's dream for your life. Because, listen, you will not live God's dream staying in the high chair. Let's get freedom from the high chair. Number one is this. How do I get freedom from the high chair? Allow God to change your heart, to change your heart. Let me take you to James 3 and verse 17. I just read 14 through 16 about selfishness and and, and, and jealousy and how it's unspiritual and earthly and demonic and causes disorder and every evil of every kind. And let's look at the very next verse. Verse 17 says, but the wisdom from above, the wisdom from, from God, godly wisdom is first of all pure. There's a pure heart. There's pure motives. It is also peace-loving. The wisdom of God doesn't destroy and tear down and cause chaos and factions and dissension and gossip. That's not, that's not of, of the Lord. It's peace-loving. It's gentle at all times and, and willing to yield to others. It's willing to, to submit and submit to people, submit to authority. It's willing to serve others and yield to others. Notice this. It is full of mercy. It's not judgmental and critical and mean Spirited, my way. That, that, no, no, no. That's not. That's not. I, I know you call yourself mature, but that's not. That's not godly. That's not. That's not of the Lord. It's full of mercy and good deeds. In other words, there's outflow. You're not constipated. You're. You're blessed to be a blessing. It shows no favoritism. It relies all people need Jesus. Red, yellow, black, and white. The mature, the new believer, the seeker. It's, there's no favoritism, and, and it's always sincere. Can I ask you, man, just let the Holy Spirit work in your heart. When, when these desires come up, say, Lord, work in my heart. Work in my heart. Change my heart. I got the wrong view. I got the, I'm not peace-loving. I'm not full of mercy and good. Change my heart. Number two is this. Be a doer of the word. Be a doer of the word. John 4 and verse 34, Jesus said these words, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. You know what I like about Jesus? Jesus realized and he teaches us that eating is to supply you with nourishment to work. He says, my food is to do, is to do something, is to do, not just eat, 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 but to do the will of the Father. Listen, eating is not the end goal. Now, now some need to hear that eating Feed me, feed me, feed me, bless me, bless me, feed me, feed me. Eating's not the end goal. Eating is to supply us for strength to do God's will. 
It's not the end goal. Bless me, bless me, feed me. Where's my new Bible study? Bless me, bless me, feed me. No, no, that's not the end goal. That's part of it. We need to eat. We need spiritual nourishment and food. But, but the end goal is to have spiritual nourishment to accomplish the will of God, to live the dream for our lives. James says it like this in James 1 and verse 22. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. The NIV says deceiving yourselves. You think you're mature because you're eating and you're hearing. But he says you're fooling yourself regard, in regards to your spiritual maturity. Unless you're a doer of the word and you apply the Bible and you live out the Bible. Be a doer of the word. Number three is this. Number three is I want, I want to get you free from this high chair so that you can live the dream. Number three is this. Start serving others. Start serving others. Get your, get your focus off yourself. Get your focus just off your family. And, and really start serving others. Jesus said this in Mark chapter 9 verse 33 through 35. After they arrived at Capernaum. And settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, what were you discussing out on the road? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. And man, we all still struggle with this today. Because oftentimes we still struggle with thinking great is about a title. I'm bishop so-and-so. I'm deacon so-and-so. I'm elder so-and-so. I'm first lady so-and-so. Um, we, we get caught up in titles and positions. And Jesus, that's not what it's about. It's not, it's not about how much money you make, what kind of job you work at. You, you, if you think that's what my kingdom is all about, you're missing it, guys. You're arguing over silly stuff. He says, he says, fellas, listen, 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 listen. Sit down, sit down, sit down. And the Bible says he sat down. He called the 12. Come here, boys. Come here. He said, whoever wants to be first, I know what you're arguing about. You want to be great. <laughs> you want to be awesome in my kingdom. Whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. You see, fellas, you want to be great? You have to realize that the church is not here for you, but you are the church and you're here for the world. And you need to serve the world and love the world. I blessed you to be a blessing to others. And some of you in this place, I want you to get out this high chair. What you need to do more than anything else is start being a blessing to others. And start, get, your, get your eyes off yourself, your focus off yourself, and find somebody else to be a blessing to. I can't teach this message without giving you a chance to respond. I deeply believe in this. Matter of fact, on our baseball diamond on how you grow spiritually, church, Read the Bible and pray daily, second base, third base, serve others, home plate, hear people, church, community groups. We believe in serving others. I mean, when you cannot read the scriptures and the teachings of Jesus and make it all about yourself and then call yourself spiritually mature, I want to give you an opportunity to be a blessing. And you know what? I want to give you the opportunity to help us prepare some food. <laughs> be a part of something bigger than yourself. Be a part of preparing the food at this place. It takes hundreds and hundreds of volunteers to help prepare the food so that thousands can come every week and eat the bread of life. I'm going to ask many of you who are not plugged into a ministry to grab this ministry sign-up card out of the back of your seat pocket. I'm going to ask you to get plugged in. There's First Impressions Ministry, Greeter, Parking Lot, Hospitality, Usher Team. There's PC Kids. Matter of fact, there was over 100 of you that signed up in July, and thank you so much to serve the bread of life in our kids' ministry. Kids need the bread of life at an early age. There are several of you that we have called, that we, you said, yes, you, you're ready to get plugged in, but we haven't got an application for you. 
And we're launching the fourth experience, August the 29th. Here's what I need you to do. Help me out here. Following the experience, jet right over to the kids area. You'll see a table with balloons on there. And there's applications there. Would you grab one of those applications and fill it out today that we can get you plugged in? Because there are little kids who need to eat the bread of life. And you're going to help us to make a difference. Would you do that? There are many of you. We need some of you here on Wednesday nights. We're starting our big Wednesday night connections for the whole family. We need some of you that say, Herbert, I will, I will come and help invest in kids on Wednesday night. Our discipleship process, small groups on Wednesday night for our kids. We need some teachers. I, I'm not really asking for those of you that are already plugged in. I want some new people. I want some people that will say, you know what, Pastor? Man, I, I'm busy like everybody else, and I got work, and I got kids, and I got ball games. I'm busy, but I'll take one evening out. And I'll give an hour and a half, and I'll invest in a kid. I'll make a difference. I want to live beyond myself and serve up the bread of life. Would you check that box, Pastor? I'll help out on Wednesday night connection. I'll help serve. I'll help be a blessing. Our epic student ministries, that's another area, investing in our students, our junior high students, our high school students. I mean, they're facing so much. Let's invest in their life. I need some of you to help us. Be a servant. Be the greatest in the kingdom of God. Father, I bless you. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you're helping us.